0: Hello and welcome to the New Business Diaries, brought to you by the IPA's New Business and Marketing Group. My name is Pedro Martins from Total Media, the Behavioural Planning Agency, and in this series, we'll be speaking to some of the biggest names in our industry on the hot topics within the new business world. In this week's podcast, I'll be talking to Martin Jones, Managing Partner of the AAR, and I'll be asking him about the good, the bad, and the ugly when it comes to pitches and what the future of the pitch looks like. So, nice. today I'm delighted to be joined by Martin Jones, Managing Partner at the AAR, who over his time there has worked on over 850 pitches and seen more than 4,000 pitch presentations. Martin, welcome and thank you for joining us. Thank you very much. This basically means I'm very old, but very experienced. <laughs> Martin, can you tell us a bit more about yourself, what inspired you to join the industry, and tell us about your journey to where you are now?
1: Sure. So, I, I'd never thought about advertising uh, uh, as a, as a, as a uh, career career. Uh, I certainly never thought about new business as a career, and very fortunately for me, one of my friends at uni uh, spotted this ad, which I think only appeared once in the Guardian, to to work in research in in an ad agency, uh, and I went for the job and absolutely fell in love with the thought of advertising, and so I joined uh, an agency which sadly no longer exists called J Ward uh, initially working on research, uh, looking at markets for existing clients, and increasingly getting involved in pitches, you know, because this is pre-internet, so that basically there was a lot of literary desk research. And um, I, I just absolutely loved the thought of new business, and I, after about 18 months, went to the new business director and said, is there any chance, is there a role for, um, someone to work, to work in new business? And they said, yeah, absolutely there is. So I then joined the new business department, which was, we were about four people, um, ultimately becoming new business director, and uh, did that for a number of years. And then this thing happened, which was a sort of moment in time for me, which was, we at JDBT pitched for the British Airways account. And for anybody who, certainly at that time, Uh, worked in new business that was the equivalent of a tennis player playing in the Wimbledon final or a footballer playing in the World Cup final which was that was as good as it got and we didn't win it and I then sat down and thought oh god now what Um, and I was lucky enough to have a a lunch conversation with a lady called Lindy Payne who ran the AAR which was the first intermediary in the world um, and and was hugely important to to, uh, to the agency. And she, we had this conversation where she basically said, you know, what are you going to do next? Uh, And, uh, and uh, we came to conclusion that that she was looking for someone to come in and take over. uh, uh, And, which is what I did, uh, late 90s. And then, uh, when my colleagues Paul and, and Kerry, who are still still there, we took over the business. Uh, so we're talking about 2,000, and then moved it into a more consultative business, away from what it was. To be honest, was a bit of a library. Uh, turned it into a much more consultation.
0: Wow. So, I mean, I, I wasn't aware it was the first yeah, first in the world. She created a whole industry. She created
1: an industry because, basically, back then, if you were a client thinking about changing an agency, changing agencies, and, you know, to be honest, it was probably most... because media was, was part of the, the creative world then, so they weren't really very separate. So if you were wanting a new ad agency, um, you asked your mates, you rang around a few people, you rang a few agencies who then basically um, told you they couldn't work with you because they had a conflict and they leaked the story to campaign and then you get inundated with every single agency telling <laughs> you a yeah, brilliant So her thought was, well, what if you created a consultancy that uh, Class could come to and be in control of it? So be confidential, etc. Uh, and that's, that's, that's where it started.
0: Wow, fantastic. Do. You Recall who the sort of first major. BGW. Really? Wow. BGW
1: was her first client, which was not a bad, not a bad start. So straight to the top, it's yeah. Straight to the top. <laughs> uh, and of and course, you know, so it's it's uh, been uphill or downhill ever since.
0: Fantastic. And um, just in terms of, I guess, from your experience, obviously running the AR and also before that when you were at JWT, what why why do you think clients call pitch What are the main reasons that they interview um, you?
1: I, I think it. it, it it depends on the sector or well, discipline so from a, in the, in the, basically there are, there, are, there are four reasons why people choose age, choose to change agencies. the first one is um, what we call new client syndrome, which is I'm a new client. I want my own people or I don't want to inherit my predecessors because I've got a big ego. Um, the second one is I have a new requirement which is basically. Um, either I've got a brand, and I don't want my main agency to a, a new brand, I don't want my main, main agency to take their eye off the ball. Or um, I have got a skill set which I am looking for, whether that is let's say social or UX or whatever it might be, and I am not convinced that my existing agencies can actually deliver. That the third one is what we call statutory, which is literally what it says. Which is for reasons of corporate governance, um, often procurement-led and often governmental. Um, we need to go to market once every three or four years, even if we're, we're very happy, because that's that's what that's what our our, our processes say. So it, it's not about being unhappy. They're often uh, procurement-led. Uh, So so they're the statutory ones, and then the fourth one is what we call dissatisfaction, which is I am just not happy, I'm not being loved, I'm not being looked after, they don't care about me as much as they used to, etc. In the creative world, um, the new client syndrome is probably 5-7% to in the marketplace. New requirement is probably about 10%, um, we're seeing a lot of specialist social briefs at the moment where the, where the clients aren't convinced that the creative agency has the DNA capability versus the specialist. Um, we're looking at statutory being again about 10% and then the remaining 70% being wow. driven by dissatisfaction and and, and what's in, what's fascinating because I spend a lot of my time writing press releases for clients justifying why they're doing what they're doing and increasingly it is, you know, the, the, the public facing, it's a change in the marketplace, it's we're looking for a fresh pair of eyes, is the justification when invariably it's actually about a relationship breakdown. Right. It's actually to do with they stop caring about me, they've stopped loving me, they keep changing the team, it's, it's, it's service load as much as anything else. Uh, in media, my suspicion is is less about uh, service and dissatisfaction, more about statutory, more about a feeling of I need to ensure I'm with got the right commercial relationships, etc. So it, I think it
0: varies by discipline. Why do you? Sorry, tangent. But why do you think the loving me part, sort of a service, sort of falls off a cliff? Is that just because?
1: Uh, I think uh, complacency. Yeah, okay. partly. Um, I think that uh, people just get used. To, people forget that, that their clients are human beings, and that they want to be wanted. Uh, and it's like any relationship. People, we all? Yeah. You know, <laughs> when people, you know, you don't send me flowers anymore, or whatever it may be, they start to become really, really big things. Uh, and I think the trouble is, I think that uh, agencies forget. I, I had a conversation the day with, with an agency who was sort of, say, berating me. They said. Basically, it's not fair. This client's calls it, call, calling a review when we've just won an IPA effectiveness award and the creative work has won awards. This is not fair. And you go, yeah, but the reason why they're calling the review is, that, is the fact that they don't think that anybody on your team worries about them and is proactive about them. Yeah. What you are talking about is the hygiene factors of being an agency. Hmm. And what I'm talking about, the reason for the review, is basically that, that they don't feel important or wanted, and it's an incredibly emotional decision.
0: And I mean, I guess, given that you four 4,000, is that still about the right number, or 3,000? Give or take. <laughs> <laughs> By now, um, what? you obviously know what looks good and what looks not so good <laughs> in a pitch. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I'm not going to ask you to name and shame, whether that. that would be interesting, but yeah. um, if we start with the not so good, What are some of the less than desirable pitch practices that you've seen in the past? (laughs) Uh,
1: Less than desirable? Well, at at its most extreme, um, bugging. Bugging? Bugging. As in recording? As in recording. Right, okay. As in doing what we're doing now. So basically, (laughs) at its most extreme, uh, my colleague Paul had one the other day, which was that he was in New York um,
0: doing some chemistry meetings.
1: and. They asked the, the, the final agency on the chemistry meeting if they could borrow the room just to have the, the worship session and it was agreed uh, and they were chatting about the agency and suddenly he was going to get to, to, to pitch and, uh, they be- and about an hour later whilst he's in the car going back to the airport, the CEO of the agency rings up and goes, Paul, I'm so sorry. And Paul goes, why? He says, I have just discovered... The, the new direct, my new business director um, bugged the room that you were in conversation in so I have fired him wow. and I am about to potentially fire his boss because if I fired that was that was true then uh, that he knew about it then he would go as well we had again we had one <laughs> where we were in a in a, in a cab going from uh, an agency which was just outside London I'm not saying any more than that um, and the, the just chatting about what we would seen and the cab driver said. Please, can I stop you uh, talking about it? And we went, why? And he said, um, basically, I've been paid by the agency to tell to tell them what you said, and uh, if you don't say anything, then I can't I can't repeat it.
0: So Unbelievable. So I mean, that that's, um, that's wow. an
1: Example. Um, other things you get hygiene hygiene factors, you know, which is like being kept waiting reception, absolutely unacceptable because it just sends out a signal that you're not, you're not, you know, you're not important. Uh, hygiene factors such as, um, and I, I try to explain to agencies about how everybody in, in, in an agency has a, has a role on your business, has an influence on your business, and you could argue that the receptionist is one of the most key people because how you are treated when you, when you walk into an agency. I mean, chemistry meetings pitches start the moment the client walks in the door and how they are made to feel then. So we had uh, Alex, a, Alex, colleague of mine um, had a, was doing a PR review with, uh, with Pepsi and went in for a chemistry meeting and the, uh, the receptions were drinking Diet Coke. Now, nobody, including the client, worries if, if that receptionist drinks Diet Coke for 364 days of a year. But for God's sake, <laughs> for those two hours, please can at least make, make the effort. So I think you know, there are hi- hygiene factors, things like this, Other mistakes people make: talking about themselves too much. Um, Again, we always talk about you know it's like going on a date. You don't want somebody basically um, talking about themselves and how brilliant they are, because you want to tell them how brilliant you are. (laughs) Um, uh, I think also not understanding um, what that clients are human beings. That clients are often quite scared. Um, So using words like brave and new. Are, can be quite scary because uh, So I think I think the fundamental mistake that the agencies make um, is not understanding their target audience. I think agencies, for the most part, whatever sector you work in, are brilliant at understanding their own clients' target audiences. They're their consumers. What they tend not to be quite so good at is understanding the. Um, uh, their own target audience, a, market, a marketeer, but more importantly, a marketeer who's thinking about changing agency. Because the way that a, a, a marketeer, market director, media director, whatever, acts uh, when they're dealing with an existing relationship is 100% different than when they are mm. looking to appoint an agency. And people need to get their heads around it. Um, other mistakes people make, sorry, I could go on forever on this <laughs> uh, Other mistakes people make is uh, pitch theatre. Oh yeah, pointless. <laughs> pointless is <laughs> my viewpoint Now, uh, unless you can make it incredibly relevant. Yeah. Uh, my fa- my favorite, uh, my favorite one. I, sadly, I wasn't there, but I wish I had been. Which was the, um, the story goes that there was a pitch uh, rehearsal going on, um, and the, the night before. And the, the agency had come up with, a, with an idea, which with a, a creative platform which was a pantomime cat. I've got a great idea. It's going to be a pantomime cat. Uh, and so the CEO, and it's always the CEO, says uh, the night before, I know, wouldn't it be great if we got a pantomime cow to, to come into the meeting? And that will really liven it up. And so, what a lovely new business person was told to go off and the night before find a pantomime cow uh, costume, find someone to do it. Then set it all up so that at the agreed time, the agreed point, of the presentation, the pantomime car would come in, and everyone would laugh, and it would all come to life. The important words were at the appropriate time. So, ten minutes into the presentation, before any mention had been made of the pantomime car, the doors fly open, the pantomime car flies around the flies round the table, and. Basically disappears, and of course, everyone's going, kind of <laughs> What the fuck it? <laughs> Brilliant. So, I think understanding uh, the role for pitch
0: theatre, I think, so, is so, so am really so, I'm so glad you said that because I completely agree. That's that I think, yeah. I think, and this is relevant. I mean, one I heard, and you probably tell it better than me, and probably heard it, is around, I think, the train company. Yes. It, it's it's the it's
1: the it's not even apocryphal. It's it's the first great example and probably the best example of all time of of the really in the best use of pitch theatre. Which was there was an agency called ABM Alan Brady Marsh, who were one of the early great independent agencies. And the story goes that they were pitching British Rail, which was the pre-breakup uh, uh, um, rail organizer. And the story goes that the agent, that the clients turn up, are they uh, in reception. There's no, there's no one really there. They're kept hanging around. They're put into this side room, with um, basically s- sweet paper, cigarettes, horrible bits of old coffee, whatever. They're kept in there for 15 minutes, and they're about to get up and leave when the door comes open and the. Uh, the CEO of the agency says that's how you treat your, your your customers. That's what your customers think about you. We're going to change that. That's the most famous pitch that's right. story that's in history, history. <laughs> uh, which everyone wishes that, that they, they had thought of, etc. And, and they want sure you get a, get away with it. Now. They won the pitch, right? It's they won the pitch. Yeah, fantastic. Absolutely. Now they were a very good agency as well. So yeah. I think it, that was, I think, back in the days when agencies were, you know, showmen to a certain right. extent. But I think it it, it the, there is this different. There is this. I'm going to say it's a tension between being you know, showman and all on double R on a Friday afternoon versus being business partners. Yeah. And being, it's a really interesting, I would say tension, but, but you've got a class want you to be both, I think.
0: Yeah, it's, it's a balance, right? You don't want to have a you don't you navigate, be but yeah,
1: one or the other. So,
0: Brilliant, okay. I mean, that's, that's plenty. So, I mean, it leads on to my next question, which is if that's what the bad looks like, you experience, <laughs> yeah. what's the good look like? What's the
1: good look like? Well, I think the good look... The good is more is more about a, um, a philosophy and more about an approach to, to, to pitching, which I think is that the best, the best agencies and the best new business agencies um, understand that the pitch process, or the pitch program, or whatever you want to call it, is not just about solving the exam question. It's not, it's not about so here I, you know most pitchers are tell me what I should do. And people, if they spend, you know, 100% of the time working on solving the exam question and don't think about anything else, they're not going to win the pitch. Because 50% of the pitch is getting the client to want to work with you. So all those other uh, factors, uh, you know, have you met the other agencies? You know, are you genuinely collaborative? Uh, are you, have you been to the call centre? Um, are you returning my call? All these, all these sorts of things are incredibly important so you want the client to want to work with you so by the time the, the, um, the uh, client walks in the door on the, on the final pitch they are willing you to do well and, and honestly they will end up post rationalising everything you do. Yeah. I, had, I had one the other day where the client was so desperate to, to appoint his agency from the chemistry meeting afterwards. That we got, so we get to the, the final pitch, and the, we were kept waiting in reception for fifteen minutes because it's a big agency. And the receptionist had emailed them to tell them that we were there, but forgot that they were actually in the presentation room, and so no one was picking up. We eventually tra- track the team down. They come down full of apologies, and um, uh, we go up and, and we we make the pre- they make presentation. It's a very good presentation, and. We do what we call the wash-up, where again there's a discussion about who we're going to appoint, and the clients are still in love with this agency that they've been in love with all the way through the process, and the subject of, of you know, being kept waiting reception sort of might have been prompted by me, I, didn't, I can't say that, uh, and the, the answer was oh no, but we like it, they're not very slick, and you go... No, that's, that's the problem with it, is that you are post-rationalising, which is if, if another agency mm. who you haven't liked quite so much had kept you waiting reception, you're going, what the hell are they doing? Do they not know we're here? And that's what you see all the time. So getting clients, understanding the pitch process is actually, it's half about solving the exam question and half about getting them to want you to work wanting to work with you, that's what I think the best agency. I mean that's a really um, high
0: percentage, I mean fifty percent Oh I think so, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think it's it's hugely important is is that um, that the, the, uh, they think you can do it. Yeah. It is unlikely that 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 uh, um, Clark doesn't think you can do you, what you need them yeah, to yeah, do. you, you want to be that at that, that stage. You yeah, exactly. Stage. So therefore, right. it becomes an emotional thing, which is, I want, to work,
0: I want to work with them. They want to work with me.
1: They come across as a team, all those you sorts know, of things.
0: Brilliant. Okay. And is, is there anything, I mean, anything else in terms of, I mean, that's quite a significant part. <laughs> um, <laughs> and have you, have you seen anything that's been particularly well done or?
1: Um, I think that one of the big, one of the big things is treating, well, treating clients like human beings. Yeah. I think it's really important.
0: Quite like your analogy earlier of relationship. Yeah, it's about relationship. It's just yeah.
1: like you know, nothing, nothing <laughs> should ever surprise you because it's what it's what you, you feel as a as a, you know as a as a human being as as, as like any any relationship. Uh, I think that the one of the things that, that you see is that the great new business agencies understand the difference between existing clients and new business clients, and they are they are in different. In different modes, and I think one of them that you, that you see quite a lot is the fact that with existing clients, the chances are there is a decision maker. There is some, there is a marketer, a head of media who will ultimately make the decision. In pitches, it is totally different. It is basically incredibly democratic. So they will, so they will go around the room when they see the presentation. They'll go, they'll go around the room and. Um, and the first person they, they ask for, for, for an opinion is the day-to-day person, the uh, advertising manager, media manager, whatever it might be. And they'll say, what do you think? And if the answer comes back, I don't know, because they only seem to be talking to you because you're the marketing director, then they'll go, well, they're out then because you've got to work with them. And I think understanding the democracy of decision-making is really, really important. So therefore getting everybody on side, because it is, literally everyone's got an equal vote. And if the day-to-day person isn't doesn't feel that they've been um, involved in it, then um, the chances are that, that you aren't going to win the business. So going back to understanding the audience, mm-hmm. understanding the audience, with them, yeah. understanding the audience being a new business client, not understanding the audience being a client, and that yeah. is a completely different uh, set set of skills. I think, um, I suppose, um, not so as, as, again empathising. So again, sometimes we'll we we'll, we'll do it. Um, Particularly with a lot of stakeholders. And there's no reason why any agency can't, can't do it, whether an, with the existing clients or whether there's an intermediary involved or not, which is that at the end of the presentation, you've made your presentation and you go, So what do you think? Because you, you're desperate to know. And yeah. the clients are going, Oh God, I don't know what to think, because I don't know what he thinks or she thinks, whatever. So sometimes we'll ask the agency to leave the room and say, Look, can you just give us five minutes? we'll chat amongst ourselves, then come back in, oh, brilliant. because then you'll get consensus, you'll then get better questions, you'll then, you'll then get, um, you won't have, have a sort of, uh, the marketing director or the managing director or the CEO going, um, I don't like greed, or whatever <laughs> it might be. Uh, And you can actually deal with that in the room, but you can't deal with that in the room if the agency is also in the room. So I think that empathy of what it must be like being a client when someone's just presented at you and therefore giving people space and time is not necessarily a bad thing.
0: No, right, so give them time to digest. I mean, you, we wouldn't offer five minutes breathing time, but I guess in your role, you'd suggest. You can't do it, but there's no reason why any any agent can't do it.
1: If you, if you know, if you, if it's empathy, because yeah. I think one of the things that, 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 that clients love with to hear from agencies, well, they talk about agents, oh, they get me, they get my problem, they understand my problem, they understand, you know, that my internal audience is as important as my external audience and things like yeah. that. So this feeling of you know what my life is like. And, and you demonstrate that by saying, look, would it be useful for us just to give you five minutes? Because yeah. we've just basically talked at you for the last hour and a half. Yeah. Uh, and I think the other thing that agencies sometimes forget is that clients, agencies make sure pitches, hour and a half pitches, etc. Clients see eight hours. They can see you know, full time, and so therefore yeah. it's just overwhelming sometimes so again it goes back to this think about the target audience think about them as being human beings don't see yourselves in isolation just think about think about how it works
0: And, and do you think that the sort of pitch structure going forward and change, I mean it? People talk it's, it's, about yeah, listen. The,
1: the, the number of conversations <laughs> I've had uh, with various people over the years of 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 you know the IPA new business committee wanted to come up with a pitch contract. I've seen one or two uh, iterations of that. What um, <laughs> well, I think I'm always always open, always happy yeah. to have conversations. We're 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 looking at different structures at the moment about how we might do. It. I think the the observations on it are you have to. See See it both through the lens of the agency and through the lens of the client. For the client, in a, it, it is a big decision, and therefore they need justification, ratification about why they have made their decision. That's why the pitch process is sort of what it is. Yeah. Um, because it is, a, it is, again, I think agencies sometimes forget. These are big personal decisions, not necessarily big corporate decisions. So to change agency, I had a client the other day who said, "Look, well, if I change agency and it goes wrong, I'll get fired," and you, you can see how do I get another job? How do I pay my mortgage? Whatever. So realizing that there is this personal fear sometimes, and so therefore, I'm not going to do a pitch process. I'm just going to go and appoint that agency. You are a genius if it goes right, but if it, if it doesn't go right, everyone's going to go, "What the hell were you doing?" when you've got when you've got all this choice. why did you do that? So it's not surprising, I think, that agents, that clients default to the pitch process because it is a justification and a rationale for what is basically quite a subjective and emotional decision. So there's. That, so looking at it through their lens, I think, is, is one thing. So it's the need to justify their decision. I think from, from an agency's point of view, yeah, no, I absolutely get it. I, I've been there, I've done it, and I, and I absolutely sympathise with it. Um, I had thoughts, I think, the, the most important fact, I think agencies need to get better yeah. at saying no. Right. Okay. I think agencies need to get better at questioning I think agencies need to get better. We, we had the thought the other day, which, which again we'll we, we probably try and, and bring back, which is we should get to a stage where no incumbent agency is allowed to re-pitch unless it's statutory. So basically if you've got a problem with your agency, whether it's commercial or relationship or whatever it may be, you need to sort that out before you actually go to pitch. Don't default to a pitch. In order to in order to to basically kick your agencies.
0: I think I think I mean that that's exactly the challenge that I hear all the time. Yeah. Is that actually you go for a process and it feels almost like a fishing exercise that you've gone through this yeah. and incumbent remains the incumbent yeah. and remains the. But if you have if
1: you uh, and, and if, again if you had if you had the you know if you had a process in place. Now the issue is, we are in an oversupplied marketplace mm. with a lot of very competitive agencies with a lot of pressure from Paris, New York, you name it. And it's very, I, I get it, it's, it's very difficult for them to, to, to turn around and say no. But again, if you, if you have a situation where, because um, uh, you can look at all the criteria in all the world. Yeah. About what, what, you know, You can look at any opportunity as a new business person and go commercial, strategic, you can look at all of them. I think there is one fundamental one, which is basically, if you think you're going to get to the end of a pitch and not win it, and somebody on your team is going to go, I knew we should never come for that. It always felt a bit fishy. Mm. Then listen to it. Because the chances are, you're, prob- you're clever people and you're probably right. So I think ju- trusting your instinct, I think, is really important. I think collectivism as an industry is really important. Yeah. Um, because people, um, you know, it's a competitive world out there. And, and, and I think that's why the IPA okay, New Business Committee and things like that get together and agreeing, but you've got to stick to it. Yeah. That's the issue, you've got to stick to it. So I, we're looking at various things at the moment, um, like um, could you, as a football fan, could you could you introduce something which is basically quarterfinal, semi final? final? Right, okay. So you constantly narrow it down, so by the time you get to the end of it, you've only got two agencies having to pitch, so they've got a 50-50%, 50/50 chance of winning it. So looking at the yeah, difference correct, like think, that. Yeah. But, but again, you've got to look at it through the lens of, what what does the client want? Because they are the buyers in yeah. the end, uh, uh, and you need to you need to, to, to juggle both sides about
0: that. Uh, I, th- I think you're right. I mean, I've certainly heard this conversation about the pitch process changing for the last 15, 20 years yeah. certainly, and um, I guess in absence of something better, totally. You need to be able to justify it internally. I think yeah. that's
1: what people forget about is you you have to justify your decision internally. So people appointing an agency without pitch, where they don't know them. Is really, really, really quite unusual because it's just, it's just quite dangerous. You yeah. Know, that if, that if, if it goes right, you're a genius, and if it goes wrong, what the hell were you doing? So I think that the, again, looking at it through the lens of the, the client, people have been talking about changing the pitch process for years right, and years and years. <laughs> I, but I do think that, that, without being silly about it, two factors. One is that, that, that no agency should be going um, for a pitch where the client doesn't think they can they can win it. I think that's, that's really uh, important and oh, I've forgotten the same point. Um, <laughs> no, but I, I really value
0: that point because actually I think um, we, we talk a lot about the onus on the client but the onus needs to be on the agency as well. Exactly. Are you going for this pitch because it's there yeah. or are you going because you can actually contribute and think you can win it and think you can deliver for the client's business going forward? Do you have the experience, the exposure, the understanding of their industry to make a difference? Yeah,
1: because I, I, th- I, do, I do think you know, a bit of self-awareness mm-hmm. from yeah. sometimes. Is is, is really great. helpful yeah. Is 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 that actually okay? And and you so you see it often early early stages where I have to have what I call a I'm really sorry that's an ugly baby. You've got the conversation <laughs> with with, with okay. but this client wants this and you can't do this compared to these other people. So a little bit of self awareness is you know and you often see at CEO level, MD, why are we not on that pitch list? Yeah. Well, the answer is because you're not as good as. <laughs> These people, or oh, you haven't got the skill set yeah. that they're looking for. And I remember what my second point is. My second point is to remember that the best pitch process, and it sort of it sort of follows on, the best pitch processes should be about finding the people to work with, not necessarily finding the answer. Now, if you find the answer, that's great, but it ultimately, in what is basically a people people business. It should be, I can work with these people, I want to work with these people. That is what pitch processes should be about. So, part of our role, and that's why I think the chemistry meeting is disproportionately important, because, you know... How are you in a pitch process? How, how do you come across in that chemistry meeting? Do I want to work with you? Do you come across as a team? Are you hungry? Are you energetic? Are you not too London-centric? Are you not too up yourself? Are you <laughs> not too whatever it may be? Is a thing that, that, yeah. that's based because agencies are different. Yeah. You know, culturally they're quite different, you know. And, and, and what I get sometimes absolutely frustrated by is I, I look, at, look at a pitch list which is basically, in my opinion, been put together to find a type of agency to work with, not the right agency to work yeah. with. So I'll have a big one, a small one. I'll have an ind- I'll have this. I'll have a special. No, the best pitches are where they the client knows what they're looking for. The client is choosing a house in North London and knows which <laughs> which streets they want to live in. They aren't going. Should I look at a cottage in Swindon and a caravan in the, the Outer head? That's easy for me to say. It. It's, the pictures should be about. They can all do it, and they're all reasonably similar. And I, I want to find the best one.
0: Yeah, and, I, and just going back to your point about the ugly baby. Yes, comment. <laughs> um, <laughs> <Sorry. the, clears throat> I think for me that's that's certainly valuable because the feedback that you get, that Frank and Onion and obviously the AI have always been very good at that helps the agency move forward. Because if you don't know what you don't know, you're not going to evolve.
1: Yeah, but that's, that's, you're relying on the clients to be, not necessarily honest, but the clients not to, uh, well, yeah, clients to be honest. Because they sometimes don't like having difficult conversations. You know, (laughs) they'll sort you know, have you ever come close second in a pitch?
0: (laughs) Too often. I tell you,
1: you know, the number of times the, you, you know that an agency is in fourth place and the feedback they get is that you, know, you can in second. It doesn't help <coughs> anybody, no. not, it helps the client because they don't have, have, a, have a difficult conversation about, about I didn't really like that person or, or yeah. whatever it may be. Um, but I don't think it helps anybody. So you know, the role of feedback is where can, where can you improve if it is something you can do something about? Now if the answer is uh, you didn't win it because you were too big, or you were too small, or you, were too, you don't have an office in Uzbekistan, that is unacceptable to mm-hmm. me because I don't think anybody should be asked to pitch if you don't think they can do it.
0: No, no. And it goes back to the other part of that is uh, I think what you, you were talking about is the self awareness part. So yeah. There's a part of the agency that has self awareness of what we think we did right in water. So it goes back to it's equally important from our side. To make sure we we do a wash up. Yes, absolutely. And an honest wash up. Yeah, honest you know, wash up. <laughs> that, I
1: think there is a you know there's a difference between yeah we never liked them and it was always you yeah. sometimes you've got to be self aware of what did we do wrong and and most importantly should should we have should we have gone for it in the first yeah. place? Why did we not listen to Pedro because he said that <laughs> uh, this is a complete waste of time? You know yeah. uh, and do we want to do this? Because I think that is you know. What I'm seeing, having changed in, in, the, in the last two or three years, is agencies being much more selective and commercial on yeah. what they go after, rather than going, well, we'll give it a go, which is what mm. people might have done in the past, they're now basically making a decision which is often based on capacity, which is, I can't do more than one pitch well. So yeah. I'd rather do one pitch well and say no to another pitch. That, that, than just give it all a go so I think that's that's really helpful to everybody is people being much so you know that any agency that's going for it is really going for it rather yeah. than just making it which you know 15-20 years ago you might go oh, I can do 5 or 6 pictures moment. moment. Wow. <laughs> you, know, you could do yeah. you could do back then because you had more capacity I mean most agencies I suspect are about 97-98% capacity and therefore new business becomes really extracurricular because yeah. when you go back. go four years, I'm guessing, people were about 90% capacity, right, okay. so you could do a few more pictures and, 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 and fit it all in. Now, you can't do it. Yeah, really.
0: Um, uh, I just wanted to pick on something that uh, Nigel Vaz, our current president at the IPA, talked about, and he was talking about reimagining the future, and it sort of uh, ties in with a lot of the conversation that we've had already, and becoming a true client partner versus just a service provider. And I know that, uh, especially at the AAR, You've invested in this side of the business to make that happen, um, offering much more than just purely helping brands find the right agency. But I was wondering whether you can give us a sort of a quick overview of the sort of services you introduce um, based on the needs of the clients and, I guess, also the agencies.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, I think that the, the days of being um, a divorce lawyer, a, a hopefully god, is, is part of our part of our role. I think is is to uh, help both clients and agencies. And, and and for clients, sometimes that's ensuring. You know, yes, it's about Running a pitch, but that's about running a pitch when the uh, the client has decided the relationship is beyond uh, repair, yeah. So when you get sometimes you get to that stage and the pitch is the only answer. So other stuff that, that sometimes we'll we'll, we'll do we'll, we'll train clients to be better clients. Uh, how to you know how to how to, uh, to brief. You know, how to how to give feedback, all things like that. So, we do quite a lot of work in that area. We do quite a lot of work in the relationship area, which is there's a few niggles at the moment. I don't necessarily, you know, want want to, to call a pitch, but there's, some, there's something going on, and um, uh, I just want to get it sorted now. And that's mutual. So, it has to be um, the client listens to what the agency says, and the agency listens to what the client says, and yeah. it's an honest appraisal of. We don't like the fact that you, you, all your briefings are done by your junior people. So, you know, fault is invariably on both sides, so we do a lot of work in that area. Again, trying to, again, again, that sounds slightly strange for the AR to say it, but trying to prevent pitches by saying, you know, you, you've been with the same agency for four or five years. So this is from a client, and from an agency's benefit perspective, is that the client doesn't necessarily want to go to pitch, but they need some justification. Yeah. So we will do things like audits, um, which is basically we'll look at commercials, we'll look at working practices, we'll look at benchmarking, we'll look at relationships and we will probably come to the conclusion it's working well. you might there might be a few tweaks here, but you certainly don't need to go out and pitch. Uh, and then a, a recent product that we that we' just introduced called radar, which again is helping pl- helping agencies, Find out what their clients are thinking, uh, etc. Not sim- not simply, a, you know, are, are, are they a good agency or not? It is just a few sort of it's a it's a it's a process that that, that, that we go through with with, uh, with clients and agencies just to spot any any issues. Yeah. And and for I think for agencies we do a lot of stuff which is helping them be what we call match fit, which is right. understanding how pitches work, understanding how chemistry meetings work, because most agencies. You know, you can keep doing the same thing, and keep making the same mistakes and no one tells you that, that that's what the outside yeah. world is doing. So you know, our, part of our, our without being is part of our role is to help agencies as much as we possibly can do and and to, uh, to help clients, be better clients, because everyone's going to benefit from that.
0: Yeah, well, having done one of your courses, or actually multiple of your courses, oh, right, okay. <laughs> I can vouch for that. Um, and just final question. Um, what advice, or one piece of advice, would you give one to anyone in new business today? One piece of advice. One, one piece or okay.
1: <laughs> one piece of advice. So I can only do one piece of advice? Um, I think that well, two pieces of advice. One <laughs> be the be the voice of the uh, new business client in the agency because nobody else is going to do it. So sit there and go, why the hell would they be interested in the fact that we've got? So be be their be their voice because nobody else will do it, uh, and look at it and go. Why would they care about this? And I think the, 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 the fantastic analogy which I, I, I share with too many people over too many years, which is, I was once talking to a client who said that, um, he said, the trouble is you go and see agencies and they show you work they've done for other people, case histories of work they've done for other people. And he said, it's a little bit, being, it's a little bit like being shown photographs of other people's children. Right. they're lovely, I don't care about them as much as you do or well, holiday photos are the place I'm not going really to go to and you find, and clients are sitting there going that's great but why would I care about it so making sure that everything you are saying has a client benefit why is that of interest to them what can they learn from it etc is really really important I suppose the second piece of advice is I love new business. I think new business is the best thing in the entire world. Um, but if you don't feel the same, get out of it. <laughs> it's yeah, it is the most fantastic job, the most fantastic role. If you love it, and if you accept the highs are very, it's a bit like being a football fan. If you like if the high, you accept the highs are high and the lows are low. If you want this middle ground, get out of it because it is soul destroying. But but if, if, it, if, it, uh, if you love it and you enjoy it, then I'd say embrace it because some of the best people who've gone on to run agencies have got new business background and so realise and enjoy
0: new business. Martin, thank you. Yes. That's been absolutely brilliant. My pleasure. <laughs> Fantastic. You've been listening to the IPA's New Business Diaries. Get more information on the IPA's New Business and Marketing Group, our podcast and a host of other information at the IPA Network site, which is... Ipa networkermnco